Hi guys, and welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, and again, three weeks in a row, I think we're back on track. I'm not going to have any more hiatus, and uh, the last time we'll talk about it from here on out. So last week, we talked about a few um, IPOs that were coming up. I've got some updates on those, interesting things that have um, come up recently. And then as well as we're going to tackle a mailbag question I got, and it's more around how do you get started, and uh, we'll get into that in the show. Um, but we uh, we have our guests back again, uh, Kobe. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Well, pleasure to be here. Kobe um, is our uh, technical trader, and um, while I look at fundamental analysis, which is technically um, ratios, how to work, a lot of work, and balance sheets, and understanding how the company is making money. Kobe's following technical patterns. Um, can you talk just for a second about what that means? Yeah. Um, if you think about support and resistance being a ceiling or a floor, bouncing a ball, um, you hit a ceiling, that's going to be resistance, and you hit the floor to be uh, – so I love at support and resistance levels. What do you mean resistance? What is resistance? What is floor? So so if you – so as you look at, at, at a, a chart, if you will – Yep. Uh, and you see the up and down and up and down and up and down. And you'll have certain areas there that that you'll notice that will either, it'll as the stock comes down to that point, it'll bounce and then it goes up. So it kind of and trades that, in a range. Uh, it, well, not just a range, but, but but range would be the top and the bottom. But, yep. but, but, but for the support level, it's strictly that something that it, it hits on a regular basis or there was a lot of volume, a lot, of, a lot of people said, oh, this is an important time to buy or sell at that point. And so I look at those levels um, as well as the, the, we get into Fibonacci's and Bollinger Bands. Oh, we're not and, getting and there. I, I, no, no. no. But, but, but um, I, I'm looking for a specific... So there's some pattern, there's some analysis there with the patterns. Right. And, okay. And I look at that for two reasons, <laughs> one of which that's what I was kind of brought up on okay uh and the second thing is that now that there's so many um what do you call it uh oh all the uh, all the computer programs that are out there algorithms yeah the algorithms they're centered on these things mm -hmm. so whether it's real or, or, or perception being reality you have massive amounts of of data being bought and sold at those points because of the programming so i look at it for a couple different reasons so you're talking about like high frequency trading. Um, I'm I'm a a big mutual fund. I'm buying billions of shares. I can impact the market that way. Well, if, if, so, if I set up that algorithm, so so much so much so that that they literally have have built towers between different trading sessions because it was a half a second quicker or maybe even a tenth of a second quicker. Um, uh, and so they wanted to go ahead and have a direct line. Instead All right, we're, we're going, we're, we're going to, we're yeah, going to we're going we're, we're go back to the show. Yeah. So um, that's the technical trading at a high level. Um, got some range activity and trying to find out where you're going to trade in those ranges. So what we're going to talk about Kobe tonight, we're talk about, we're going to revisit our IPOs from last week because there's okay. some updates there. And then we're going to take a mailbag question, which I think is going to give us a good foundation um, for the rest of the show. The IPOs we talked about last week were Alight, um, which is a health health and wealth provider, like HR business solutions. 
that center around um, analytics, cloud-based solutions, and a service-based model, um, which means that they'll host your solution in the cloud and you pay them an ongoing fee if you want to use their solution. The other one was Lyft. Lyft, don't need to explain a whole lot. It's a ride-sharing service. And we've got updates on both of these, Very both very different and interesting. So Alight, which we talked about, I really like the business model, they actually postponed the IPO. Do you think that had anything to do with the president saying he was going to X out um, the health care plan, uh, make it unconstitutional? I don't, I don't think so. I think they were looking at market activity and volatility. Um, I did some research to understand what happens when these companies pull out of their IPOs. And generally, they'll give you the, hey, market conditions. But in reality, um, you know, they don't want to have a bad showing. They don't want to. They don't want to come on the market, which that was interesting because Levi Strauss um, came back on the market. They had a thirty percent pop last week, then one day. So I don't know if there's more to it. The company was very mum. They asked for commentary from public officials on the company. Couldn't get anything. Um, we'll we'll say more to come. We'll track it, see what's going on there, and see if it's still something to look into. But Did they they set a new date. They did not set a new date. Just thought it was very interesting. Um, stock symbol of that was ALIT, and it's something that, based on an early valuation, um, came out like $22 a share or something like that. And just maybe there was more concerns. I don't know. They were very mum on it, and just very strange, but we'll, we'll keep an eye and take a look on it. The, um, the other one was Lyft. So Lyft, don't need to explain a whole lot about the company model. Um, they offer ride-based sharing. You call them up. You're like, hey, I want to get some more place. On your phone, it's a lot better than a taxi. They actually increased their IPO target price from around 65 as a midpoint upwards of 72. So you're like, what's the difference between $7? Well, $7 times 30 million shares, <laughs> that's a big number. Yeah. And I, you know, speculating on some of this information, they, they talk about it could be oversold. Um, it could be trying to grab money grab if you will trying to it could be also paying out more drivers trying to incentivize people to come over to lyft they actually um i saw I something pretty interesting around lyft itself is they have um they've been able to claim a bigger share of the marketplace over the last few years they're up to 39 percent of the u.s market up from somewhere around the 20s so they've had a almost a double-digit growth, um, almost 100% in just a short amount of period of time, meaning more people are switching there. They have less scandals, less issues, less driver issues. Um, they're not part of the Uber crash that had a um, killed somebody in Arizona. So they've got a lot of public spotlight. So that was another interesting one. It should be debuting on Friday. I think this is something we want to wait and see what happens, see if it has a dead cat bounce, kind of like Facebook debuted in the 30s. Right. Came all the way down to 18 because there were some glitches going on. It was overbought, oversold. I think we want to sit back and wait. So is it normal? I mean, in this case, you said, what, 30 million shares is going to be offered? Yes. On a, on I was shaking my head. But the audience can't see me yeah, shaking my head. Yeah. So the the obviously not every IPO offers 30 million shares, but is it normal for the IPO to sell out on those shares when they offer I think it's just a – if they put out if – I'm, if I'm the underwriter and I go out and I say, hey, I'm subscribing out for information and it's being oversubscribed, I might be able to take a chance and say, hey, 
What if we raise the bid? Maybe we're not going to oversaturate the, the bid itself in the process. So I can't answer your question directly, um, but I'm thinking just more like, here's what you do if you're trying to, you've got an increased demand, what do you do? Increase your price. Well, I was looking at more like IPOs in general. Yep. Uh, is, it, is it common for all their initial public offering to sell out? Um, or is it something where they offer so many and oh, we only sold half? <laughs> so that part I can um, answer to as well. So there's a lot of these companies that are um, not in bed together, but they're they're very close. We'll put it that way. And if I've got five friends that I know that they will subscribe to buy 80% of the market or 80% of the thing, we're not 20% will go unsold. That's okay. And those deals do happen. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's some of that as well. Okay. The other the other portion we want to talk about and spend uh, probably the rest of today's show on is mailbag question we got. And mailbag question was from uh, Joseph. Joseph had written and said, um, like the show, like the start. And um, his quote was, where do I get started? I don't want to have to do the research. That's what you're here for. That's why I subscribe to the show. And um, so that thanks, Joseph, for the question. And so we're going to spend some more time talking about that from a you know, beginner standpoint. You know, Bitcoin. That's what, no. <laughs> <laughs> not this show. We are not the Bitcoin show. We are not going to talk about Bitcoin. We'll talk about another episode of maybe why I, I would stay far away from it. Um, I'll give you one tidbit. Um, never mind. We're not going to touch it. I'm sorry. I just In other words, don't do that. <laughs> That's just not what you want to do if you're starting out, period. So let's kind of go through a scenario. If you are a um, brand new investor and you you want to get started, we'll talk about two different people, investor A versus investor B. Investor A has, let's say, $10,000. Okay. So just a good round number. You can have less than that. And investor B has maybe they want to invest $10,000, but they want to do it, you know, maybe they have $500 to start with. And like, you know, how do I get started? What do I want to go through? So start with Investor A. You got $10,000. Um, I think the first thing is you want to look at is let's let's get some early wins. Let's get you comfortable with market volatility and let's spread out your risk because investing is a good long-term strategy to build wealth. And then one of the first things that I would look at is get into some ETFs which are exchange-traded funds. It's a basket of stocks. It's going to decrease your risk and give you a good weighting in a few different sectors. And you really can kind of get started and start investing a little bit at a time. And I want to scale into that approach. And a scaling approach is, so you got the 10,000, investor A. Let's say you want to invest all 10,000 within 12 months or maybe 10 months. Let's make it really simple. I want to invest $1,000 a month over a 10-month period. So that way I'm going to eventually accumulate to that $10,000 limit. Because what you're doing is if you're investing every month, you actually are going to get, you're going to buy low, you're going to buy high. And by the time a year passes by, you're going to be like, oh, it's up a little bit. Is traditionally, from a stock market perspective, is up over a period of time. So, and you're looking to do this in all in one ETF? No, I, I would say a few, just to kind of get an idea of, um, A, it's a good understanding of you look into a portfolio composition. What's in those stocks? Start getting familiar with what the top 10 stocks are. So what I would do if I was brand new to the game, um, I'm a big, big fan of um, Fidelity Investment Platform. And why is that? So 
there are several several platforms out there um i like fidelity because it's not a minimum cost to join so you can join up there if you start with their etfs so the ones that they build which are um you know 100 stocks or so inside an etf and if you buy theirs they charge no fees no commissions which to me is like that's ding 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 <laughs> i i because you want to keep the money in your pocket like kobe you want to give money to other people no like you're, you're out to invest for yourself and you want to start out and get comfortable with the environment so i like fidelity's etfs um easy to start a brokerage account you literally it's a one day go to their website i don't get we're not affiliated with fidelity by the way i'm just saying i like it because of not only ease of investing the low cost to it um but also there's flexibility when i do want to have a brokerage account or do you want to open up other accounts there's a really really nice platform inside once you're inside so it's, a, it's, a, it's a simple to move around to to put your money in and and, and uh, really simple um, the fact that you can just say, hey, I want to have an automatic investment and I want to increase it by $1,000 a month until X date. And you can put an end date, really simple. And then the, there's some of the funds that I like is I think um, we'll go through like small cap, mid cap, large cap. Okay. And um, I've got the stock symbols for those, for the ETF symbols, if you will, is I might even say mix it up and maybe do like um, a finance ETF or financial sector ETF because finance is a uh, big banks and they've got usually pay dividends. Um, it's because slower growth. It kind of reflects to give you some flexibility, but I kind of like that strategy of like pick three or four of these items and do that thousand dollars, split it up two fifty each. So then you would equate to that. Okay. Does that make sense? It, it, it makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, but if I'm a new investor and I'm hearing, dividends and I'm hearing ETFs and I'm hearing multiple funds and financial things I'm supposed to do. Um, okay. That's so break it down even like e even more. I, I'm, I mean, why can't I just go ahead and buy a stock? Yep. Um, is it, is it that much safer to buy 10 stocks and just buy one? Um, so the magic question that everyone wants to know, which one is going to go up? Yeah. You give me 10 stocks, which one? Listen, if I if you told me there's this one stock, then I would invest in anything else. You just don't always know because companies change. They change their products, change their services, they change their business models, and I can't. I don't have a crystal ball to tell you that. Okay. So that's why you weigh out your risk. So now, how do you research it the best you can? Obviously, you're going to be giving tips at, at sure. further shows that will well help point people in the right directions. But how do you know which ETF to invest in? So ETFs are going to be pretty safe, um, regardless of whatever one you pick. And regardless of what you pick, saying there's a, about 100 stocks in here, and I, I would start with just a small cap, a mid cap, and a large cap. And what I mean by caps is the capitalization. So a typical small cap company is um, $5 billion or less. Um, a mid cap is somewhere between 5 and 50 anything. And a large cap is over $50 billion. Okay. It could be $100 billion, depending on what scale you're doing. And it's going to give you exposure. Small cap is higher risk. Large cap is lower risk. Because a large company like Coke, Home Depot, General Electric, they've been around for decades. And they pay a dividend. They're very stable. They have very traditional growth rates. And they're no other business. Versus smaller cap is going to give you more exposure to... 
fluctuations. Fluctuations, some risk, but also more risk being more return. So that's mm -hmm. why you want to mixture those. Um, the few that I would go through, there's ones called IJT, um, and that's a small cap growth ETF, trades in fidelity. If I trade through it, I don't pay any commissions. So I want to do a thousand dollars a month, two hundred fifty dollars. I just I can just buy an ETF. Guess what? No trading fees. I can, I don't have to buy like whole number of stocks. I can buy partials things like How that. How do they pay for it? There's nothing. They because they put together the index and their fees of what they charge are so minimal. But they're they're banking on the fact that you're going to grow with them and you're going to use other products as well. So it's it's basically a loss leader. They they you come in there, invest, you get your feet wet, and say, okay, well then I can do a little bit more. Okay. Sure. So small cap growth IJT, um, mid cap IJK, and then just to give you another wrinkle, I like the um, the financials index is um, FNCL, um, and those three just to give you right out of the gate three hundred bucks a piece. Uh, you can put one as extra four hundred, extra thousand dollars. Do that over a ten month spread. You're going to be happy in about a year. So now, what about the, that person who doesn't have ten thousand dollars right away, but wants to invest ten thousand dollars? So, so investor B. So they they don't want to. They're not going to scale into an investment. They may want to start. You can start really simple, and say maybe I want to just start off with fifty dollars a month. You could start off fifty dollars a month, and I want to scale in and get at a higher pace eventually. You could still open an account. There's no minimum required, and I can invest the $50. Maybe some of these um, funds are going to be, if it's too much, like for instance, I know one of them's trading like $160 a share for the ETF. Mm -hmm. Okay, then wait till you've accumulated four months and you have a couple hundred bucks, then you can go and start buying a share. And then subsequently thereafter, and you can kind of start scaling that way. Okay. So whatever you can afford. So think about it. What's $50? Is it lunch a few days a week? Um, per month? Is it packs of cigarettes? Is it um, the gym membership? It's people you usually can find $50 a month. No. That, that, and you can that, set that up as an automatic investment that you're investing in a different place that's not just your savings account. So just just uh, an idea for the, for the listeners out there. So if you have, uh, uh, say, you want to eventually be able to invest um, – Say five percent of your the monies that you are making each year, but yet you you don't think you can afford five percent. Yep. Then I say you start with a half a percent, whatever that is, and then in two months you go to one percent, and then two more months you go to one and a half percent. Well, it's it's you only invest so what you can. Very very well. Sure. But, but you'll find that if you if you are able to invest those numbers and keep incrementally increasing it mm. it doesn't hurt so bad no and I, I think um you know i kind of i kind of go back in you know my history with my my dad so my dad was teaching me how to invest since i was 10 years old um really persistent obviously it, it stayed with me and the things that i picked up from there was hey just if you can afford just like 50 bucks a month some months it was like, oh, I don't know if I can afford that because, you know, when I was like 18, 20 years old, but I was making cash. I was making server money. It wasn't bad. And then eventually what happens is, to your point, you learn to live without the money. You learn to live without the investment. You're like, oh, well, I don't really need that $50 anymore. And plus, it's growing for me. I'm paying myself in a different account. 
Obviously, um, you know, the things you have to kind of th- figure out, though, um, what I did mention, we all know Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Um, he's, you know, how to reduce your debt, you know, have financial freedom. If you have a credit card bill that you're paying 18%, it doesn't make any sense to invest. You should pay off the credit card <laughs> bill first. This is not a debt consolidated show, but that's just a flyer of don't do that. Pay off your debt first until you can afford to invest the money. So but you, you can kind of scale into it, and eventually that $50 from the $75, maybe $100 a month, and you can constantly, constantly build that up. So maybe on, on a, a future shows, you could uh, kind of break down on what a, a new investor portfolio would actually look like. You, yep. you, you mentioned three different things right now as far as um, the That's smart, getting started. smart companies. The, the, yeah. The first thing is to get your feet wet. I mean, yeah. yeah. Dip your toe in your water. I mean, that's going to start somehow. So. And I, and I think it's a really good start because it takes out the risk factor by leaps and bounds. Um, the there, There's a – familiar with beta? Yeah. So beta is a measure of risk, and a usual baseline of beta is one. I would guesstimate without looking through them is all of these ETFs trade below one, which means the risk has been – decrease by very, very low piece of the puzzle. And Fidelity, they're not going to put out products from what I've seen. Again, I've been an investor there for about coming up on 10 years. They're not putting out products to get away investors. They want to keep you inside the fold. They want to increase your value over time because what's good for you is good for them. They're they're going to make a small percentage of that money, um, even though they're not charging trading fees. So there's incentive there um, in the same portion as well. What else? Um, I, I think, I think one of the things also that I like, um, that I want for early investors when we talk about stocks versus an ETF is if you trade with the brokerage account, um, may, many ways that you're going to eat into your cost of capital is avoiding fees, um, trading fees, management fees, um, mutual fund fees, mutual fund can charge anywhere between one and 3% of your investment portfolio. So let's say you have $10,000 in there. They're going to charge you 10 bucks, 30 bucks, And I know that sounds very small now, but over time, over a 30-year stretch, it's pretty significant. Well, actually, if it's, you said 1% to 3%, yep. that's $100 to $300. So my mouth was wrong. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so I like the, uh, the correction there. But again, that's the reason why I want to start out that way and um, you know, kind of scale into your investments. But... Um, I think those are the things we want to cover today as far as um, just kind of getting started with your investment, your investment strategy. Talk about some IPOs for maybe some advanced investors and then also the beginner investors A and B of starting out with 10000 or even a little bit amount. So um, thanks so much for joining tonight, guys, and uh, we will see you next week, bright and shiny, on next Wednesday. Have a good night. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.